Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium, something will come along. When you feel it, you will know it, cause it's coming on strong. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress. Let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long, the change will happen soon. You will feel something so special growing deep within you. That Welcome to, I think, episode 18 of That Thing with James J. Asher II. That's me! Well, I got some news for you. I finished a book. Yeah, I finished reading a book. I finished reading Catch-22. It was a good book. I started it, uh, maybe, let's see here, 12, 9... I started reading it about seven years ago, and then I got busy and didn't finish it, uh, and then I, I picked it up again earlier this year, and I just, um, I blasted through the remaining, I don't know, 50 pages of it this morning, and damn, it was so good. So much better than the TV show, which I'm not going to rant about, because I've ranted about that uh, that Hulu Catch-22 TV show for the last two episodes, and I'm not going to rant about it anymore. I'm not going to rant about how they, um, you know, fucked it up, you know? I'm not going to rant about how what they did is like taking the Three Stooges and turning it into a soap opera, having someone get all upset and give some kind of poignant speech after Mo smacks him across the face. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about how it's like taking It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and turning it into a drama. Because, I mean, I'm not going to talk about how, yeah, sure, it involves dark subject matter, but it presents it in a humorous way. Uh, well, It's Always Sunny does, and that's what the real Catch-22 does, but that's not what the TV show does. I'm not going to talk about that. So what am I going to talk about? Today I'm going to talk about how I finished Catch-22. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to talk, I'm going to read some questions from, from fans of the show. And I'm going to play a hit college indie song. And I'm going to promote a YouTube channel that I really like. And maybe you might like it too. I'll get to that later. First, let's... Uh, let me take care of a little bit of business. Uh, if if you're watching this on YouTube um, and you haven't done so already, if you're watching, please uh, subscribe to my channel if you want. I 
could use your help in getting new viewers. You can subscribe to my channel and uh, on the videos. If you feel like it, hit the like button and leave a comment. All these factors add up into uh, just helping promote the show. So, uh, and um, if you want to follow me on social media, uh, you can find me at James J. Asher. I mostly am active on Twitter and Instagram. Can you hear that bird? Man, that guy's pissed. Could you hear it? Yeah, 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 I hear you. Yeah, I get it. You're fucking pissed. All right, Jesus. You kiss your mother with that beak? Oh my God. I've never heard such language. That's just foul. What a rude bird. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at James J. Asher. And uh, if you want to help support the show, uh, I could use your help. Uh, you can sign up to do uh, like a monthly donation sort of a thing at my Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash that thing with James. I, and uh, you can pay as low as $1 a month if you want. I, I will see probably like 75 cents of that dollar because Patreon holds some of it, whatever. Um, but yeah, if you want to help support the show, you can help me continue to create more and better content and keep this show going. Um, and for those of you who are already contributors, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. You know so. Oh, you know it. Don't you know it? I'm uh, very grateful. And uh, yeah. And all this information, you can find it in the description. Okay. All right. Let's get on with viewer slash listener questions. Yesterday, I went out on my, my Facebook, which I keep... I've got a public Facebook page you can find at James J. Asher, but... I don't really do anything other than post these episodes whenever I upload them. Um, but I, I hit up my friends and I put out on my Instagram stories asking people for some help coming up with something to talk about for this episode. And I said, ask me a question. Ask me any kind of question. And you right now, you can do that too. You can reach me and this will also be in the, uh, this information will also be in the description. Um, you can email me at uh, thatthingwithjames at gmail.com thatthingwithjames at gmail.com you can um, just hit me up tell me how much you love the show how handsome you think I am how I have a great radio voice um, how I'm very humble and, uh, and smart and, um, and funny very fluid person you can hit me up and say I'm really good at you know being composed of about 70% uh, dihydrogen monoxide. Or you can ask me for advice if you've got some something troubling you, if if you're trying to deal with a situation in your life, hit me up. I'll give you some advice. I don't guarantee that it will be good advice, but 
it, I will at least make it um, entertaining somewhat. Uh, probably at your expense, maybe, but not in a mean way. Not in a mean way. I don't. I don't like mean meanness. I don't like that. Uh, or you can send me questions if you've got any just musings. Something comes to mind. You want to share it with people. I can voice it on here. I I can also just answer any kind of general questions you have. Fuck. Send me your math problems. I will try to attempt to do it. And I will fail miserably. And you will get so much pleasure out of my failure. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to humiliate myself in any way possible for two reasons. One, to entertain you. And two, to get me over being humiliated and feeling ashamed of myself. Because the less I feel like that, when I don't rightly deserve it, if I haven't committed some venous sin, heinous sin, venous, that's one veiny sin. God damn, look at that veiny, throbby, oh man, look at that sweaty hog, that sweaty swine of a sin. Hachi Machi. Does he shave that to make it look bigger? Wow. Don't send me dick pics. Okay? But yeah, you can email me, James, that thing with James at gmail.com. So uh, here's some questions. I got, a, I got a few questions from viewers. Let's see here. I'm going to go in chronological order of how I received them. So this question is from Matt. Matt and I went to school together. See, here's the thing about Matt. He's a good dude. I like him. He's a great dad, too. Um, but my first memory of Matt was when I was in junior high. And he seemed cool because, like, he and his friends, they wore, like, black band t-shirts. And they listened to, like, metal and shit. And um, they played Dungeons and Dragons, I think. I'm pretty sure this happened. I could be making this up, but I'm pretty sure they played Dungeons and Dragons. And I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons because I was a nerd and I am a nerd and I will always be a nerd. But then I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons and I wanted just friends more than anything. I wanted friends. So Matt, uh, let's say he had long hair. I don't know if he did, but let's just say he did. When like a fucking, like a, Megadeth t-shirt or something and I found out that he was playing D&D I overheard a conversation he had with his friends and so I came up to him looking like a dork because I was a little dork short skinny pale now I'm just tall skinny pale dork um wearing I don't know some random fucking shirt <laughs> my parents got on sale at jc penny or something <laughs> and maybe some old navy cargo shorts and maybe some uh, really white white new balance sneakers dad sneakers and high socks and i walk up to matt and i said hey can i play dungeons and dragons too and Matt looks me up and down and he frowns and says, no, you're a fucking poser. And then walks away. I got fucking schooled by a nerd who played Dungeons and Dragons. And Matt, if you're watching or listening, I don't know if you remember it, but I do, buddy. Oh, I remember it. But Matt also, 
you taught me how to play the guitar. When I was like 17, I picked up the guitar, put down the trumpet, because I got fucking sick of band. Band ruled my life for so long. See, I started, I, th- I think I started playing trumpet in fifth grade. I played a little bit of basketball, and uh, it just did not go well. And my parents wanted me to do and be involved in some extracurricular activity at school. And so, yeah, sports were out. I'm not a sports guy. I don't really give a fuck about sports. Sorry, I just don't really give a fuck. I used to watch um, the Super Bowl for the commercials, but the Super Bowl doesn't even have good commercials anymore. They're all fucking boring. There used to be like great, really funny commercials. What happened, Super Bowl? What happened, National Football League sponsors? You guys fell asleep on the job and you probably died. You fell asleep and died and left boring, greedy fucks. Boring, greedy penguins trying to disguise themselves as woke-ass Gen Xers. <laughs> you you left those in your wake, but they're still just the they're still penguins, man. Even though you're not wearing a suit, you're still a suit. Suit. And you're ruining the funnies. You took the funnies away, and we need the funnies. Maybe that's why people aren't watching the Super Bowl so much. I feel like I might have saw a headline or something saying, People don't watch the Super Bowl. People don't really give a fuck about the Super Bowl. And I'm like there I am, ahead of the curb again. I'm always ahead of the curb somehow. Um, yeah, maybe if people would have more interest in the Super Bowl if the commercials were funny again, because that's why I watched it. Well, 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 yeah. I started playing trumpet around fifth grade because uh, that's what my dad played, and he was in the band as well. And um, in my hometown, the band... It's a small school, so the band, it's not huge. It's not small, but it's not a huge band. I mean, there's still, I don't know, maybe 30 people in it? 30? 30, 30 people in it? Uh, of all various grades. And uh, yeah, I played the trumpet, and I was in the marching and concert band marching band of course during football season and then concert um during the not football season and i played until junior year and it took up all the time it took up all the time like that was my personal life um you know i I played in class because there was a band class and then you have to meet up after school to do rehearsals um and it was especially difficult during football season because then you have to uh choreograph the the halftime show uh the marching halftime show and we also you know had to travel to the away games that was pretty fun that was a fun time getting to be on the bus uh during the away football games my fingers would get so cold my 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 hands and my feet get real cold real fast in cold weather. And I can remember one time I, you know, I was wearing some fingerless gloves playing the trumpet. And it was an especially bitter cold night. Very windy. Very windy. And it wasn't raining, but it was kind of a wet cold where 
the layers that you wear don't really help. However, the layers of a band uniform do help because it's layers and layers of thick, thick polyester. And you're just marching around getting sweaty in it. And I remember at one point in high school, I got a uh, union suit. One of those like old school onesies that you see in the, you know, the cartoons with the old hillbilly up in the hills drinking moonshine out of a big, uh, big uh, jug, big clay jug with XXX written on it. And he's just drinking it and he's got the fuck missing some teeth. And he's got a bushy, bushy beard and he's like, and big floppy hat, like a big floppy uh, prospector hat. And he's like, well, hey, I tell you, out there in the hills, we'd like to drink our moonshine. And he goes, maybe on the, on the jug, oh yeah, disco hillbilly, do 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 oh yeah do 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 disco hillbilly you know that guy well i was wearing one of those suits the red ones they're called a union suit uh i i wore that under the under the band uniform and uh it kept me warm except it didn't keep my fingers warm especially since i was playing with fingerless gloves but it was easier for me to play my trumpet with the fingers gone it's easier for me to feel with my bare fingers however as the night progressed i watched as my fingers turn from red to white to blue to dark blue to purple and then blotchy white and purple my fingers died um so yeah and also especially during the uh the cold when it was cold on the bus, we would, uh, us boys, we would sit in the back of the bus. There was a boys' bus and a girls' bus. And on the boys' bus, we would play Freeze Out, where basically you're driving back after a game, so it's dark, we're all fucking tired, but like jacked up on, a, on adrenaline, just wired from doing stuff. And um, we would strip off our clothes and just layer by layer and play Freeze Out. We would just you know be in the back trying to keep quiet but it's a noisy bus anyway because we're riding in a school bus we'd put all the windows down so it's just blowing cold air inside the bus and it's just whipping around and um and we would see who could go the furthest with their clothes off and who could go the longest without clothing on i imagine i i can imagine one or two guys that I'm sure I don't remember, but I'm sure that they got completely naked. I could see them doing that. I might have just gone down to like shirt off. I don't think I ever wanted to take my pants off. Um, but yeah, we would play freeze out. We'd remove our clothing and, you know, you know, laugh at each other's hard nipples and then tweak each other's nipples and then you know, get a buzz feeling and then maybe tickle each other and, you know, uh, maybe get a clarinet and toot it. And, uh, you know, maybe every now and then one of the guys who would get completely naked would do monkey brains. You know what monkey brains is? Monkey brains is where um, you, you, you get a fist and you, uh, you stuff 
one of your testicles, not both, but one of your testicles through the fist. So you make a fist and between the little little sphincter hole near your index finger and your thumb, you push one of your nuts through there and you get that hairy stretched out ball skin and uh, you tap on someone's shoulders, say, I'm not going to name names, but there was one dude who did it to me and he was sitting behind me and he tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and I'm like, hey, what's up? And he said, hey, check this out. And he kind of pointed his head downward and I looked down and there's some weird fleshy, stretchy, hairy thing sticking out of his fist and he screams, monkey brains. Sorry if that was loud. He screams monkey brains and uh, then I figure out, wait, he did something with his nut. And then I went home and tried to figure out how to do monkey brains, but it doesn't work if you don't have pubes. First question. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember where I was going with this. <laughs> I remember where I was going with this, man. Um, yeah, I got sick of just not just just having my life consumed by school and band all the time. So after junior year, I quit. I, I, I didn't do band my senior year. I, I quit. I was sick of the trumpet. It wasn't enjoyable for me anymore because I had to play it. Uh, I, I liked playing it at one point, but I just, if I had to play it, I, I didn't want to do it. So I put the trumpet down and I picked up the guitar because I, I wanted to play guitar. I was more interested in that. And clearly I, I still play guitar, so I'm still interested in it. And I'm much more interested in music theory stuff now that I'm not like being graded on it or anything. I do it simply out of curiosity and, and, and joy, joy, enjoyment of music. Well, when I picked up the guitar, Matt, the guy who called me a poser, it wouldn't let me play Dungeons and Dragons because I was a fucking poser. <laughs> Which is like, dude, you play fucking Dungeons and Dragons. You, you don't get to call people poser. <laughs> well, by high school, we were cool. And uh, he taught me my first chords on the guitar when he, he learned I was playing. He got he was really supportive and happy for me. And uh, he taught me the G chord, the C chord, the D chord, the A chord. Did I already say the E chord? The main chords. And how to do bar chords. He taught me the, the blues scale, the pentatonic scale. And he also taught me how to play the easiest song, Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water. You can't get much more simple that than, the, than that. And even the bass, I imagine, imagine as easy as like... So yeah, Matt, you taught me how to play guitar, so I'm very grateful for that, bro. And I, I still play the things that you taught me. I still do. Okay, getting on with the show. Actually, I think it's... Um, yeah, I, I need to get some water really quick. When I come back, when I come back, I'm going to answer these questions and then uh, get on with the show. Be right back. Man, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing these viewer slash listener questions. I'm going to get to it. 
But first, I, I want to play a song. I, I, I just improvised it all the other day and recorded it on my cell phone. And I'd play the recording because I got the lyrics all together on there. But it's on my phone and I'm recording the video on my phone. So I can't really play the song on the phone and record the video at the same time. So I'm going to try to recreate it here. I went back and I wrote down the lyrics. Let's see if I can get the lyrics right with the music. All right, here we go. This is called Hit College Indie Song. those questions let's get to it okay 
Okay. Give me a second. Give me a second to pull this up. Pop, pop, pop. Wah, blah, blah. Hit college indie song. I made that song because I really hate the songs that are on like the commercials and that got really popular. Like, hey, really upbeat, inspirational song. Like if you have subtitles on, I like to watch TV with subtitles on because the air conditioning gets really fucking loud in here. Gets. It is really fucking loud. So it's hard for me to hear the TV. So I got to have the subtitles on so I can. I, I can hear it, but I can't really discern the words. But if I, I can read the words, then I can discern what I'm hearing at the same time. Um, and yeah, so if you're watching like a car commercial, it's like, hey, hey, da, 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 hey. And in the subtitle, it will say upbeat, inspirational music. I hate that shit. And it got so popular, too. And shit like Mumford and Sons, more like Suckford and Sucks. <laughs> First question from Matt. Why are Europe and Asia why are Europe and Asia considered different continents when the definition of a continent is a large landmass separated by water? Well, Matt, I'll tell you why. Tradition. It's it, the reason that Europe is considered its own continent separate from Asia even though they are linked to the same landmass surrounded by water, is because of tradition. The whites versus the browns, my friend. It goes far back to ancient Greece, when the world for the Greeks was separated into three things. They didn't know anything outside of Europe, Africa, and Asia. And so they divided the world into those three large masses. So if Asia and Europe are part of the same mass, there's no water completely separating, no large body of water completely separating Europe from Asia. The only reason it's there is because tradition. Um, an exclusionary separatist tradition created by the ancient Greeks. I'm not making this up. I read about it. Maybe the person who who wrote what I read was making it up, but yeah, that's why. It just goes back to Greece, and it's just like, well, we've always called these things separate continents, so uh, we're separate continent. Honestly, I think it's racism. I think it's colorism. I think it's culturism. Um, tribal. Yeah, it's basically it, bro. That's it. Now, uh, that's all I've got to say about that. Now let's go on to the next question. Da -da, da -da -da. Okay, the next question, or a couple of questions, is from my mother. So what about noodling? Is it crazy or just man versus nature? Is it only guys who noodle? And why is that? Uh, and then the next question is when do you break up with a friend okay so those of you who don't know noodling is a really popular pastime in oklahoma where you go to a body of water you go to a lake you go to a lake and you find a place where there's like holes 
underwater. Like you, you don't completely submerge. Maybe you get a little bit, but usually the the things I've seen are dudes like just on the on the shore, and there's a bit of a ledge, and they reach down, and there's sort of a an alcove. There's just a little hole going into the earth or into some rocks, and loot and, and and certain types of fish, or maybe even snakes, live in those holes. And noodling is what you do when you reach your hand in there and wiggle your fingers around like a noodle, and then you pull out a fish. Now, I actually saw some noodling at a goth club in Denver. We weren't at a body of water. However, um, there was a sort of an exhibition. It wasn't really announced. It wasn't like an official thing. It was just sort of out on the, on the patio. Um, I was still smoking at the time, and I, I went outside to smoke my cloves, my black, the Jarum Blacks, because I was in my full goth mode at the goth club. And, and I actually saw, uh, well, two women uh, dressed in mostly pleather, really tight body suits. And one of them had like a, a tearaway crotch, and so the crotch tore away. And uh, the other woman noodled into the uh, the other woman, the one with the tearaway crotch pants, noodled her hand into the butthole and wiggled the fingers around. They took a flashlight and uh, the, the, the woman, she was on her hands and knees, the one getting noodled by the other woman. She was on her hands and knees. She took out a, a, her, her flashlight and kind of like put it in her mouth. And shined it, and her whole body just kind of like glowed. You know when you put your hand over the 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 lantern of a flashlight, and you can kind of see through. You can see the bones, and you can kind of see through the flesh. It's illuminated. Well, it was kind of like that. It was like an inside-out X-ray kind of a thing. Like you could see her bones, and maybe like where the organs go and everything. Um, so she put the she put the the flashlight down her throat, turned it on was all aglow from the inside like a jack-o'-lantern um i think her nickname was jack jack jacqueline jack-lantern jacqueline-lantern jacqueline was her name i'm assuming so some kind of play with jacqueline and jack-o'-lantern jacqueline-lantern that's what it was it was a jacqueline-lantern she said i'm gonna turn myself into a jacqueline-lantern oh and then swallowed, not, not entirely, not, not whole, but she took one of those really sturdy um, uh, mag lights and uh, turned that sucker on, put it on full, you know, full width, because you can adjust the width of the cone of light. She went full width, got fully illu- illuminated herself into a Jacqueline lantern. And, uh, and you could see the other woman's hand inside. It was opaque within the, uh, the glowing uh, mass of flesh. You could see the fingers noodling around, and then something else. She grabbed a, a catfish out of her ass. She reached in there, got a catfish, and there was also a watch up there, too, just kind of like hanging out. Before the fish, the other woman, the uh, the noodler woman, didn't know that the watch was in there. So when she drew her hand back out with the fish in hand, she had a really nice um, silver Seiko watch. Really, really quality stuff. 
I, I got a good look at it. We got up close, and uh, it was real. It was no knockoff Seiko. It was a real Seiko, for goodness sake, goes. Goodness sakes, O's. And uh, live catfish. So that's a that's urban noodling. Uh, that's more in the uh, BDSM realm, but um, on the whole, or rather in the whole, your average noodling is... E- e- fuck, dude, look it up online. Go on YouTube or something and look up noodling. And you'll see some, you know, very country dude reaching down in the water, reaching into some kind of hole between some rocks or something, and then pulling out a fish. Pulling out a fish. Maybe pulling out a snake or something else. Now, the thing is, it's really dangerous because a lot of people have lost fingers. Because what if you reach in there and there's a fucking alligator gar, which are really scary looking and I accidentally caught one, I think, the last time I went fishing. And that was the last time I went fishing because the alligator gar scared the shit out of me. They're terrifying looking. If you don't know what they look like, look it up. Alligator gar, G-A-R. Fucking frightening creatures. Nightmare creatures, they. Well, yeah, you can lose fingers really easily. And I don't think it's only guys that do noodling. Usually it's, oftentimes it is a guy. It's a male who lives out in the country doing noodling. But it can be women too. I, I, I dated a girl who said that she'd gone noodling before. And um, so... Ma, you know about that, if you remember. Yeah, I, I dated this girl who said she did noodling. I'm pretty sure she, she said that she had noodled. Um, nature noodled, not, not urban noodled. She nature noodled and I think caught a fish. Yeah, with her, with her noodles. So then on to the second question. When should you leave a friend? I think you should leave a friend when uh, that friend does something egregious. I think you should leave a friend when they are no longer um, a constructive part of your life. If a friend is not helping to lift you up and encourage you, then that's no friend. Or that friend may just be slacking on their friend duties. (laughs) Duty. Um... But yeah, if a friend is habitually and regularly disparaging you and putting you down and not being supportive, I say that's a good time to get rid of a friend. I remember there was uh, one friend who um, offered to sleep with my mom and I offered to break his fucking legs first and then break his fucking neck. Luckily for him... He was talking to me on the phone, hungover. He was just from the hospital. He had gotten jumped at a party because he was provoking people and being an asshole. And uh, it was at a party of all friends. I knew these guys and he was like trying to provoke them to fight. He was drunk, being an asshole. And the two guys that were throwing the party, I wasn't at this party. uh, They got sick of his bullshit. And so they said, all right, yeah, we'll fight you. And so they went outside and both of them just beat the living shit out of the guy. And he so deserved it. He so deserved it. And so he went to the hospital and uh, 
He had a busted open lip, I'm guessing. That's what he said. And he called me up the next morning trying to get me to come pick him up and from the hospital. And then he started saying, uh, my mom was visiting me, visiting me at this time. And this was here in Austin at my second apartment when I was living with Bennett. And um, my mom was asleep and Bennett was asleep in separate rooms. And uh, I was on the phone and, and the guy I was talking to on the phone, he was crying. He was like, these everyone's assholes. They just don't fucking get it. They're so mean. Blah, blah, blah. And he, he told me that he got jumped and he's still kind of drunk and he doesn't know where his car is, yada, yada, yada. And then he started saying, hey, your mom's pretty cute. And he's like, um, I'll, I'll sleep with her if she gets lonely. And I said, excuse me? And he said, um, I'll fuck your mom if she's down. And I screamed, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I will break your fucking legs and then I will break your fucking neck. I'm going to break your fucking legs first so you can't get away. And then I'm going to break your neck because I don't want to fucking kill you, though. I want to fucking paralyze you, your entire body. I want you to be a vegetable for the rest of your life. Fuck you. Fuck you. Don't ever call me again. And I hung up and blocked his number. I blocked his number. And I blocked him on social media. And I've still got him blocked. And I, yeah, woke my my mom and Bennett up when I was screaming, fuck you. I had never gotten quite that mad ever before that quickly. And never had I really had the urge to fucking beat someone up. I've never been in a fight. I don't really see much point in fighting, but I would have fought that guy. I'm not going to say his name. And I'm, I'm loath to say that I would have fought him because I wouldn't have just fought him. I would have kicked his ass. I would have sent him back to the hospital. Would kick his ass right back through the door into the emergency room. So he's fortunate uh, because I would not have been able to stop myself at that point and stop myself from fighting him. I, I wouldn't have killed him, but I would have taught him a lesson. And, uh, yeah, that's the only time I've ever gotten the urge to fight somebody. That's really it. That one time, boy, he pissed me off. So when a friend does something like that, I say then at that point, it's okay to cut that friend out of your life. If a friend, if you feel like, um, a friend is dragging you down. If you feel like you've been sapped of your energy and happiness every time you talk to somebody, I say that's a that's a vampire. That's a energy vampire. That's a psychic vampire. That's an emotion vampire. Um, it's not a good person. Not a good person to spend your time around until they get their shit sorted out. Sometimes people become vampires. Sometimes people start out as vampires, but uh, you know, fix their way. But. Yeah, generally, if a person is just really dragging you down, I say then, that's when you cut the person out. If they keep bumming money, if they just, 
Yeah, I had one friend who just, uh, this guy in college and his girlfriend, I used to hang out with them like every afternoon. We would just hang out. We all liked the same music, liked watching the same kind of shows. We liked smoking pot. So we'd just like hang out most afternoons, smoke pot, watch shows, listen to music, listen to this band called Morphine. He was one of the few people who I know who's like, oh yeah, fucking Morphine. Most, I, so many people don't know who that band is. They're great, man. Two-piece band. Mark Sandman and then the other dude who plays saxophone. Sometimes two at the same time. And Mark Sandman, he usually plays, he plays the bass guitar usually with two strings on it. And he's got a great baritone voice, like me. Um, let's see. Mother, I'm trying to think. No, that sounds more like Danzig. Mother, tell your children not to hear my words. Tell your children not to what they mean, what they say. Mother. No, that's Danzig. What's a what's a song? Little bit of honey, little bit of honey, little bit of honey, 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 honey. Good, good, good. They're from the '90s. Morphine. Check it out. Uh, yeah. And then this guy just eventually they were just kind of passive aggressive, rude. They would say like backhanded comments to me and uh it wasn't very fun and they just kind of slowly started becoming rude and then one time they call me up and they're like uh we can't hang out with them with you anymore we think you're gay and then that's it and then years pass by like three or four years pass by and i get a call from the guy and he's just fucked up he tells me he's drunk and on all the xanax and he's just like crying he's like oh, I'm, i just want to hang out i'm sorry i'm sorry i wasn't a good friend to you i just wanted to hang out it's just what are you doing right now can we hang out sometime and i tried to talk to him i tried to get a word in edgewise like uh you still live in oklahoma i live in texas you treated me like shit. I don't want to hang out. I'm sorry. Man, I'm all barred out right now. And that's just... Life's kind of hard sometimes. And I hung up. Never heard from him again. Don't, don't care to hear from him. Don't care to hear from him again. So, yeah. There you go. So, when a friend does that kind of shit, I think it's okay to cut that friend out of your life. If someone's holding you back. so and, and sometimes it's okay to have like an amicable separation with a friend, you know? If you're really trying to make life changes, because that's that's part of, part of growing. And if you really want to develop, if you really want to achieve something, then you have to uh, invoke some kind of change in your life. If you want to change in your career, maybe a change in your diet, maybe a change in your habits, you kind of have to change yourself not who you are essentially but you have to change your habits you have to change your habits you have to change your your day-to-day -day routine you have to change your routine and sometimes you have to change your friends because the other friends might be linked to certain routines or habits like say you hang out you always 
go out for a drink with this one person and you, you don't want to drink anymore and like that person wants to drink and you still like that person. It's not like they're dragging you down or anything. It's not like they're disparaging. They're lovely people. They've always been supportive of you. However, um, just you always end up drinking when you hang out with them. If you don't want to drink, maybe you just say, hey, uh, I want to stay in touch. I just can't really hang out. Or maybe other people, you want to hang out and you have to sacrifice time. Like, I'm writing a book. I'm serious about writing and I only have so much time in the day and I love you and I still want to hang out with you, just not as much because I have to focus on writing. If you want to, if you want to write something, you got to complete it because it's not going to write itself. So that's going to take up time and it might take up some social life. Now, that's a tightrope walk because then you don't want to sacrifice your entire social life. You have to find a balance. With all things, you have to find balance. And, um, and stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, which I'm about to do. Water break. Ah, the refreshing springs of water. On to the final question. This one is from my friend Cammy. I got a little story about Cammy. I'll try to keep it short. When I first moved to Austin, I ended up staying at a hostel for two weeks. Um, I was going to crash at a friend's apartment, but it was a couple friends who were dating at the time, and I didn't know they were on the outs when they told me that I could stay there. And then, like two weeks before I was supposed to drive and stay with them, I got a call from the guy. Actually, it wasn't even a call. It was a text message saying, Hey, dude, um, are you moving to Austin? I thought, that's odd. You fucking know I'm moving to Austin. You're the one who offered to let me stay with you. So I said, yes, I'm still moving to Austin. What's up? And he said, um, were you planning on staying with me? And I said, yes, you offered. Does the offer still stand? And he said, text me back and said, uh, no, sorry, we don't have room for you. And that's it. I say, you know, not a, not a great, not a great friend there. Not a great friendly thing to do. And at least be honest or upfront or stay in contact. Don't try to fucking pretend like nothing ever happened. Don't try to fucking pretend you didn't make arrangements, dude. That's, um, duplicitous. It's not what a good friend does. So I, I booked a stay at a hostel and that's where I ended up meeting my first roommate, Ruth from New Zealand. Funny, funny gal, really funny. Kiwis are so funny. I don't know some, like every Kiwi that I've met and every Kiwi I listened to and was just watching on shows, they're all very witty, quick and witty. And I, I appreciate that. They have fun with the English language. I really appreciate that. Um, well, yeah, I stayed at this hostel and you could only stay for 14 days uh, every year. So you have a cap, 14 day stay every year. So I, I booked a 14 day stay. And um, when that was over, luckily during my stay, like 
as soon as I got into town, or like, no, 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 the day before I came into town, I found out that another friend of mine from college uh, had moved to Austin like a month before me and had just locked down an apartment, not an apartment, but a house with some other dudes, uh, some housemates. And uh, her name's Jenny. Jenny, if you're listening or watching, thank you so much for being such a sweetheart and being so good to me. I love you. Um, well, Jenny was like, dude, if I had known you were looking for a place or moving to Austin, I would have just said, let's be roommates. And I said, I would have loved to have been a roommate with you. Fortunately, circumstances lined up. We didn't know. So, but um, my stay was my end. The end of my stay at the hostel was coming up. And uh, during my final week there, I met Ruth from New Zealand and she was moving to Austin. She just locked down an apartment and she needed one extra roommate. She locked an apartment with this, these couple other kid kids. They're like 21 years old, both 21 years old, both of them. And, uh, it was a four room place. They needed a fourth person. And, uh, and fortunately I, I met Ruth at the right time and we became friends. Uh, and I said, I, I, I'm looking for a place to say I need it desperately. And she said, well, be my roommate, sign up. And so I went and I signed up. It was a bit of a ordeal getting signed up, trying to find a, uh, a co-signer cause I didn't, I didn't have enough money and I certainly didn't have a job, which was, it's hard to get a job if you don't have a fucking address, if you don't have a home. So, um, yeah, but I, I eventually got some co-signers through my, um, my sister and my brother-in-law. Thank you both. You're lovely people. And I love you. And I appreciate your support through all these years. And, and I appreciate your support then and helping me get a place to live. And, uh, so yeah, I had like a week when I signed up there saying, oh, we're remodeling your room. We're remodeling your apartment. So, and we also need to clean up because the last tenant is just moving out today. And uh, so we're going to need one week. I said, okay. And so I made arrangements with Jenny and she said, dude, uh, just crash with me till you, till you can move into your apartment. And that's fine. And then by the time that week ended, that first week ended, I went back ready to move in and they said, oh, did we tell you one week? Sorry, we're remodeling right now. And that was a whole fiasco. I'm, that's a long story for another time. But uh, they told me it was going to be another week uh, because they were still cleaning the apartment. And ultimately, when I moved in, they hadn't done jack shit. The room was a fucking mess. And the girl who was living in the room before me was a fucking mess as well. Um, but yeah, that's a totally different story. A long story that I'm not going to get into right now. But on my day when I had to get out of the hostel, Jenny was in Tulsa, so I couldn't stay with her just yet. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll just sleep in my car. And um, well, my one of my friends, Liz, who was also had moved to town around the same time as me, um, set, had invited me to a party at this apartment and uh it was with a friend of hers from where she grew up in oklahoma so all these oklahoma people were all, all about the same age all living in austin and uh cammy was 
the one throwing the party, Cammie and her boyfriend at the time, they were throwing this party and, and Liz invited me. So I went to the party and everything. And, uh, in the parking lot, it seemed, it was pretty spacious. It seemed shady. It seemed like a safe place. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to sleep in my car in the parking lot. That's what I'll do. Cause I'm going to sleep in my car one way or another tonight. So I'll just stay parked in the parking lot. I found a nice place where I don't think I'm going to get bothered by anybody. And I went to the party, had my drinks and everything, and I was out on the balcony, and Cammie came out, the hostess of the party, she came out and was talking to me, and I was just kind of like staring off, and she looked at me, and I'll never forget this, she said, you've seen a lot of shit, haven't you? And I said, yeah, because I was... Just, I, I, I don't want to say that I was coming out of a very tumultuous time in my life because I was still very much in it and it was about to get even more tumultuous. So I was in the middle of a very tumultuous time in my life. Really, the tumult went on for almost five or six years, man, seemed like. Um, but the peak of the tumult, oof. Yeah, it was around that time. Well, Cammy was like, so what are you doing? And we just kind of chatted. I told her where I'd been staying at the hostel and everything. And I was waiting to meet up with a friend and yada, yada, yada. And I didn't even think to mention anything about sleeping in the car. She just kind of saw, she put to put the pieces together and was like, were you going to sleep in your car tonight? And I said, oh, yeah. And she said, oh, no. You're sleeping on the couch. And so I, she let, Cammie, you let me sleep on the couch that one night that I was going to sleep in my car. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I want to show my appreciation by giving you uh, as best of an answer as I can to your question. The question is, are you aware of your life's purpose? If so, what is it? And if not, is it important that you find it or nah? And then I said, this is perfect. Thank you. And she said, wine is my dharma. So top that. <laughs> well, I think wine should be, the, you know, leisure should be everyone's dharma, man. I'm a big fan of the Kurt Vonnegut quote that goes something like, listen here, babies. The only reason we are here on earth is to fart around our only purpose in on this earth is to fart around and don't believe anyone that tries to tell you any different i i believe that i'll take that from a guy as accomplished as kurt vonnegut my my favorite author for sure and he'd been through some really terrible shit too um with the war he was there being held prisoner in a slaughterhouse while Dresden was being firebombed. He was there. He came out and he saw the fucking hellish moonscape that was left over, bombed by his own people, by the Americans. He's, he'd been to hell. And uh, oh, so many of his writing, so much of his writing was completely shaped by that, especially... The most popular one, Slaughterhouse Five. That's like almost that. It's autobiographical. That book, really. 
Um, so yeah, we're put on this earth to fart around. And uh, my purpose in life, I think, is to to fart around. And that's, that's it. Um, however, mm, that's not the whole of it. My purpose is to get some kind of peace of mind. And the way that works best for me to get peace of mind is by doing things that I feel driven to do. I have a calling to make shit, to make stuff. I have a calling to make stuff. I feel unsettled. I feel unsettled and unpeaceful if, and not at peace rather, if I don't write. I have to write. I have to make music. I have to perform. I have to connect with people. I just constantly have just songs and stories and images in my head. I don't know if it's like that for everybody. And, uh, and, and it probably isn't like that for everybody. Um, and for those that do have this, I don't, it's not an ailment, but this phenomenon, this drive, um, I'm sure people experience it to varying degrees. I get it to a really serious degree. Like I am not happy unless I am creating. That's I, I have to do it. I have to do it. I've tried not doing it. I've tried just because I, I do strive for a life of leisure. Um, however, I want that leisure to be earned through the fruits of my labor. And the labor that brings me the most joy is creative labor. Labor that is entertaining um, and maybe educational. I feel like entertainment's a great way to educate. And I know and I don't mean just like Bill Nye the Science Guy or like a children's show, although that is a great way to teach people. If you really want someone to learn something, make your lessons entertaining. Because if someone's entertained, they're open and engaged and they're listening. They're involved, they're invested in what you're what you're dishing out. And so if they're involved and invested and entertained and open, that's the best time to communicate something, communicate a lesson, be it a math problem or a moral issue or an ethical issue. Um, and that's also just nice to laugh. I, I enjoy laughing. I really enjoy making people laugh. But more so... Even beyond that, I enjoy connecting with people. I really enjoy having a direct connection. I love talking to people. I love getting to travel and experience new things and just see things that happen. Like everywhere around me, I see a story. Even when I'm com completely alone, just watching the world around me, I see a story. And strangers walking by or a squirrel going, you know, I'll, I'll see its behavior and I'll see what's going on. What's it doing? It's, it's, it's making a little scene here. And I don't mean making a scene as in like causing a fucking problem and screaming at, you know, the clerk at Best Buy or something. I mean, just uh, a scene. 
it's a little vignette, a scene happening. And I kind of see like a story there, some kind of narrative. And then my brain just likes to fill out that narrative. And I think that's how most people's brains work, is they fill out a narrative. I don't want to say most people. I'm sure there's people who don't get it. Uh, people who understand mathematics very well, intrinsically, are just numbers, geniuses. However, they don't really get stories that much. They don't really get narrative. They don't really see the story or the narrative or the lesson in a thing. Um, they don't see it as easily as someone like I do. But I don't do numbers that easily. <laughs> so, uh, do I have a purpose in life? Yeah. Yeah. It's to to make art. It's the It's my constant torture right now is... How can I make a living doing the thing that I have to do? Doing the thing that I am not happy unless I'm doing. Writing, making music, performing, something creative. I have to be doing these things. And I wish it were just one thing. It would be a lot easier if I just wanted to act. It would be a lot easier if I just wanted to do music. It would be a lot easier if I just wanted to write. It'd be so much easier because I'd have so much more time and I could invest so much. I could focus more. More time and energy to hone in on focus on this one thing. And I do that. I do that. But I might lose interest. Not totally, but for the day. Like if I'm working out a chapter... Eventually, I'll hit a point where it's, fuck, I'm fucking sick of writing. I want to play the guitar now. So I'll go and do that. And um, and I'll make something that I like to hear. So I'll I'll hit record on a, on a voice recording app on my phone and record the song. Make a hit college indie song. Um, it's not so much that I do these things to, you know, get people to love me although i mean it would be great to have people to love me who doesn't want people loving them <laughs> i'm sure even hitler wanted people to love him you know um it's not based on that it's not based on i i i don't want necessarily to prove myself although I do want to prove myself especially to people who said uh, who put me down who said I couldn't fucking do things that I wanted to do to people who I said these are my, my hopes and dreams this is what I really feel inside this is what I want and then people saying ah, you need to give that up you're too old or good luck with that it's not going to happen uh, that's a constant struggle hearing that from other people because I hear that in myself from the dark side my own negative voice inside my head it's a real struggle to fight with that thing um, but ultimately that's going to get in the way of accomplishing the things I want to accomplish and why do I want to accomplishment, accomplish them because I have to because I'm most at peace when I get to do those things and just even beyond that, reason reasoning out, all reasoning out, I don't know, man. I don't know why I'm this way. 
I don't know why I'm this way. I just have to to make shit. I, that's uh, it's just what and who and how I am. I've always been like this my entire life. I've always been singing shit from movies or acting out scenes from movies I liked or making up stories or drawing shit. It's just, I can't help but not do it. I think that's just my innate, my animal drive is to, to do that and to have orgasms. That's it. That's it. I, so I really don't know why, but that's it. That's what I want to do. And, um, and I really would love to make a living off of it somehow. That's the great struggle. Because then part of it is, you know, it's a survival thing. It's day job. It takes a lot of energy um, to have to get up and do this certain thing day to day and deal with these people you don't really want to deal with and do these things you don't really fucking care about at all. Um, and then that takes up a chunk of every day, chunk of most days. And then that only leaves so much time to deal with errands and everything. And it only deals, leaves so much time to, um, do the things that I have to do, which is create stuff. And, um, and if I don't get to do that, then I don't feel well. And then the negative voice really starts talking. So part of it is I have to do it for my sanity. And then another part of wanting to get to do art full time, to make a living off of it, to be comfortable, to live comfortable. Another part of it is just validation, to have validation, to say, no, you're not shit. And maybe those people were wrong. And maybe um, you're not crazy to, to want these things in life. You're not a piece of shit. <laughs> you were right. You were right to pursue this. And I'm also recently, I was writing about this in my journal last night, about how I'm really trying to get over uh, the young man thinking. The younger me was thinking... Uh, I, I, I still have to do the work. I get I get that. If I'm going to write something, it ain't going to write itself. I have to do the work. But also it's um, maybe maybe something will come my way. Maybe someone will like toss me the... Uh, uh, thinking that I'm someone's going to throw me a bone. It's thinking someone's going to throw me a bone. I'm trying to get over that because it's not doing me any good. Um, and also I need to kind of recreate or reinvest my time. I need to start creating new habits. And I have, especially this year, I, I wrote out things that I wanted to accomplish this year or, or get the ball rolling on certain projects and certain uh, avenues. And I have gotten the ball rolling in those avenues. So I'm proud of myself for that because I actually did something and I've been sticking with it. Um, and now the voice is starting to say, the, the negative voice is starting to say, you're not doing enough, man. This, this You're just delusional. Nothing. You're never going to get to live the life that you actually want. I don't need fancy things. I don't need a fucking yacht. I, I would like to... Um, I'd like to have fans, for sure. 
I'd like to have a community. I'd like to have fans to interact with. I'd like the chance to get to work with other people, to work on projects with other people. Um, I'd like to be able to live comfortably. I'd like to have money not be quite such a fucking dire issue like every day, every single day of my life. Um, I'd like to live somewhere a little more comfortable with, you know, central heat and air. I'd like to be able to travel, these sorts of things. But I don't need a fucking mansion. I don't need a fucking yacht. Um, however, uh, I feel like I'm a long way from any of that. And I feel like I'm not going to get any bones tossed to me. Um, even with acting work, I get every now and then. Like I was in this commercial. I got this commercial for uh, DoorDash and... I don't know if they're going to do other edits, but the one I saw, I'm not in it. I got cut out. So now I'm like, I'm still waiting on the check for that. And I'm like, am I even going to get paid for usage? Am I just going to get paid for the, the day of shooting, which is substantially less than uh, usage pay, which is if they show your face, they have to pay you for uh, using your likeness. Um, that was a bit crestfallen by that. Again, I don't know if they've got another edit that I'll be in, but... Um, that was pretty disappointing. Yeah, I just, I don't think I'm going to get any bones thrown to me anytime soon. So I need to start treating this stuff, the, the stand up, uh, the writing, I've got the writing done. Uh, I need to get an agent though. And I need to send out a query. I need to really get organized. I need to get organized and start thinking of it as a job. The podcast, doing open mics, um, trying to get a literary agent, these sorts of things, recording songs, making something with that. I need to look at it like a job because I want it to be my job. I want those things to be my job. And right now I'm not really treating them like my job. And I feel like maybe if I did, I might start getting out what I put in because I think I am getting out what I put in and maybe I'm not putting in quite enough right now. Um, so... I want those things to be my job and maybe I'm a long time away from being able to make a living off of that job, but I need to start treating it more like a job. However, I need to do it with a certain balance and uh, not feel like it's a job. I want my job to not have a job. I want my job to just play, just have fun and play and communicate things. Um, maybe communicate some lessons because I feel like uh, maybe I'll, I'll see a way to communicate a certain ethical lesson or something a certain way that's entertaining um, but yeah yep 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 uh, so yeah purpose in life leisure and fun and orgasms that's my purpose in life Cammy. uh and water. It's getting mighty hot in here, and this show's getting mighty long. So uh, I'm gonna say that's it. You can, if you if you want to support the show, please, please, uh, you can make monthly donations through my Patreon, Patreon.com/slash That Thing with James. You can make it's a monthly contribution, and uh, you can pay as low as one dollar a month. One dollar a month. That's it. And I would be ever so grateful. And uh, if you want to uh, 
visit my my Instagram, which I try to keep entertaining, my Instagram stories or whatever, and Twitter. You can find me on social media at James J. Asher. And you can also visit my website, jamesjasher.com. That has a link to my agent. If you if you see or hear this and you think, I want to put that boy in a, I want to give that boy an acting role. Uh, you can find, hit, hit up my agent, dude. Hit up my agent. A link to his information is on my website, jamesjasher.com. And uh, all this information will be in the description. What else? What am I missing here? If you want to email me, you can at uh, thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. If you need advice, I'll give you advice. If you have any kind of questions or anything or musings, share them. Uh, If you just want to reach out and say hi, by all means, that thing with james at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and or watching. If you're watching, please subscribe, like, and comment. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much. I love you. Bye.